Well, good morning. God is good this morning, isn't He? All the, All the time. God is good. So we serve a risen Christ. We're starting in this Advent season as we come in preparation, we come in anticipation, we come in joy knowing that God is still in the business of being in His creation, loving His creation, working in it and through us and transforming our lives. And so as we begin, let us begin with our reading out of the Gospel of Mark. And you can find it in your bulletin or look up in the front. And let us stand this morning if you're able for this reading of God's Word. Okay, and it begins. And you, my child, will be called of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for Him to give His people the knowledge of salvation. I'm reading the wrong thing. That's good though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was... I'm reading the wrong side. Mark 1, 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah... See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all may be seated this morning. And so I, the gospel of Mark is always interesting to me in how, how it begins. Because if we look at the other gospels, we have, you know, Matthew and Luke. And they, and they start with the genealogy. They start with the birth of Jesus, you know, leading up into his, you know, childhood at age 12. In one account, and we and we go slowly into his earthly ministry, and John, you know, starts with this very, you know, pristine theological ideas of who Christ is and what it's about, and and but in Mark, he just gets going. It's like Mark, you know, you're on an airplane and you're going skydiving, and the guy just pushes you out. There's an immediacy. There's a you know a action. There's you know, in the Mark, he just begins with this, the beginning of the good news. And he starts with John the Baptist. And we start with Jesus immediately in his ministry. There's a sense of urgency when we, when we read the Gospel of Mark. And sometimes we don't think about that during the Christmas season. I know when I was growing up, you know, we always read the account of Jesus' birth out of the Gospel of Luke at Christmas time. You know, and it's wonderful, you know, to read about... That the his birth and it's wonderful to hear about how him and you know or Mary and Elizabeth you know 
had interactions before the birth when John the Baptist was, you know, as be born as well. And there's wonderful parts and they're needed. But what is the Gospel of Mark speaking to us this morning? What does the, the Gospel have to say in this season of Advent when we're in preparation, when we're, you know, in a, the time of a, a change in the season as we're gearing towards the birth of Christ, that we're looking at Christmas as, you know, as we are in this time? What does Mark say to us this morning? How do we think about this passage, these scriptures, in the light of Advent? How does this prepare us for Christ's incarnation at Christmas? And so let us begin. We look, you know, that Mark here starts with the book of Isaiah and said that one will be coming, you know, crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And we know that is John the Baptist. That we know that John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. We know that he's the voice, that prophet. You know, some people say that he would be the last Old Testament prophet because he is the last one to speak of Jesus' coming, you know, Jesus' ministry. And he comes and, he, and we know that he's in the Judean countryside. It says he's in the, you know, a wilderness. He's out there on the Jordan and people are coming all over, you know, to be baptized. And he's telling them that he has come to baptize with water and he was preaching the repentance of sin, the turning away of the you know, lifestyle that lives to death and turning to God where life begins, where life starts. And yet he still reminded them that he is you know, just a man. He is here to baptize with water. But there's one coming. There's one coming that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And there's something about thinking about the Advent season and, and, and holding on to that idea that Jesus is always at the door, always there to bring the Holy Spirit to us. That Jesus is always prepared. He's ready. And sometimes we've got to be, have an act of faith, a leap of faith, like we see John the Baptist as he's preparing the way. He sees what's coming. He has seen, you know, the promises of God. He is looking at the scripture of Isaiah. He's fulfilling his role. And is the Advent about us fulfilling our role that God has put us in? It's to live our lives to the fullest in the way God designed us. Because that isn't that a wonderful part of the gospel, the good news that God would have us in mind at creation. That God... You know, as the book of Jeremiah says, that He formed you in your mother's womb. That there's something intricate, unique, and special about each and every one of us. That we are to use by God to be, to further His kingdom, to, you know, to draw closer to Him, to reveal Christ in our lives. And so that, how does that tie into Advent? Because Jesus is always at the door waiting. And we're always responding to Him. So when any time when we're responding to Jesus, we're in a season and a time of preparation. We're preparation for what God can do more in our lives. That He's doing a good thing now, but He can do more. That He can, you know, transform what is dead into life. That we should always be in a state of preparation. I've learned that, you know, Jonah, he's in Cub Scouts. And, you know, I know the Boy Scouts is, I think, the motto is always be prepared. But they learned that in Cub Scouts as well. And, and, they, and I remember when we first started that he had had a, a list. And we had to find all the items. 
And I think it, it was a water bottle, a compass, a whistle, I think, Shona, and some other items. But they would have to have that list and they bring them and say, every time we go out, you must have these items. And, and he, get a, he got a badge or something for it that, that, that he had all these items and he had in a bag. And this is what you have to have at all times. This is what you bring when we go camping, when we go hiking, when we have an event. You need to have these items to be prepared for anything that can happen. And so isn't that what God's doing here? That he's preparing us for anything? And that's a lofty idea. That he's preparing preparing us for anything because with God everything is possible and I think of this story I had a friend when I was going to seminary he was uh, named Daniel Kasango he was a Congolese man that was ministering in the country of Zambia and you know, Zambia was a poor country and he said he had to make a living by making bricks and so he made bricks from these huge, gigantic ant mounds. These, you know, I think we think of you know, the ants we have as big, but in Zambia, they could be as tall as this podium and pulpit. They could be you know, huge. And it would take that dirt that the ants formed, and he said that you would mold it, and you would add water, and you get it into the right shape. And he said while he was doing that, he noticed that God was speaking to him and said that we are like that mold that God comes and he adds the water and he molds us in the way that we need to be that we that when God takes our lives when we relent to him and his power he shapes us he breaks us he molds us into the shape that he has designed us for and then Daniel is telling me that then you put that brick into the fire oven and the fire hardens that brick and so that brick is strong. It is not soft now. It is formed. The shape is what the molder have put it in is what it's going to stay in. It can be used. And so when, I, when we look at this and it says that Jesus is going to come and, and he's going to come and baptize by, by, by the Holy Spirit, I always think of fire. And we know that's alluded to and said in other parts of the Gospels and New Testament that he... That's come, I think, the Gospel of Matthew to baptize us with fire. And there's something powerful about fire. I know, um, right now I've noticed in my neighborhood and around town that, you know, people are starting to burn their leaves. And I do that sometimes, you know, burn our leaves. This year I haven't touched the yard. So there hasn't been no leaf burning. But I was thinking about that. You know, when you... Burn your leaves. I've been seeing smoke for a couple of weeks now, different places. You know, there is the difference between water and fire. When it rains, it just makes the water kind of so the leaves soggy, makes them wet, makes them harder to deal with. But when you burn them, you know, anything that's burned, you know, at the chemical level, it's changed into a different substance. So if a leaf is just wet, it's still a leaf. Or if a leaf is just dry, it's still a leaf. But when it's gathered and it's burned, it is a totally something different altogether. And when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, He transforms us. But the Bible talks about being new creations. Being, you know, new beings in Christ. So when Christ comes, when 
He comes and He baptizes us in fire. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. We are new creations. He's taking what we have. He's taking our lives. And He says, I'm going to make something new, something powerful, something strong, something that could withstand you know, the, the cruelties and indifferences of life. With My Spirit, you're going to endure through Me. With the Spirit of God, you will succeed. Even when we think we're failing, that we are free. When we think we're down, we are up because His Spirit doesn't leave us. I think sometimes we try to leave Him more than He tries to leave us. But isn't that what we're doing in Advent? We are opening our lives to more of God in our lives. To be filled more with Him. To be strengthened in Him. To let His Spirit transform and make something new. And when we relent to that Spirit is when we are transformed for God's glory, God's purposes. And we are at our finest when we are closer to God. At our finest. And when we're at our finest, we are used in bigger and deeper ways. We, re, we, we relate to others more deeper level. When we are filled with God, that we are more loving, we're more kind, we are be able used to be, you know, we're better able to be used by God and what He is doing. Like those bricks, we are formed in the perfect mold that God has come and took us, that He's taken our life. You know, he's molded it and shaped it and He's put us in the fire for that we can be used by Him. And what a blessing it is to be used by God. You know, sometimes, you know, even in ministry, and things get tough. Things get tired. You know, ministry can be hard. And, and, and life can be hard. All our vocations and occupations, there's a time we think, I'm just tired of this. But the most wonderful, glorious thing is when we're at that point, that when we are filled, that we are emptied, is the best time to be filled when we, fit, when we are empty. When we are, oh, you know, think we're on E, we're driving a car, and I've probably done this more times than I could count. I'll be driving somewhere, so I need to get gas. But so I can just go a little longer. And then sometimes that goes starts past the E. And I had a couple times in my life, Jesse had to come and bring me a gas can. It was a few times because I thought I'm, I'm going to see. I'm going to go and get. I'm going to wait till the last minute. And she's had to do that for me, bring me a gas can. And she has, and I filled that car back with gas, and I'm on fire again. But we're in this together. And when. Someone's low in gas. We have a brother and sister that can bring us some. Because we have the same spirit that resides in us. When someone's, you know, at empty, we have each other. We have the source of what, you know, of that spirit. And let us relent. Let us surrender to God for more and more in our lives. To those parts that we, you know, say, God, I just... I actually can't let you touch that. I got shame there. Or, Lord, there's nothing that ever worked. God says He can make something new. That He's the one that comes down and baptizes with the Holy Spirit. It's water. And I think of the water, you know, our baptisms and the baptismal water is moving around at our salvation. I'm sure some 
can remember that time, some may not, but we know that we are saved, that we've repented and we've turned our lives to God. And now when Jesus comes, it says he comes to bring that baptism of the Holy Spirit to quicken us, to strengthen us, to transform those parts to something new. When we repent, we turn to Jesus. When we give our lives into Jesus' hands, we can be turned into something new. And let us yield to Christ. Let us yield to His transforming power because the world needs us. The church needs us. And God can use us. And let us open our lives to those places that, that needs to be created again, that needs to be changed, that needs to be renewed, you know, that needs to kind of like the caterpillar that goes in the chrysalis and becomes a butterfly. That, that transformation is possible in our lives, that we can be transformed in something that we never thought we had the ability to do. Because when we're full of the Spirit, we, we take leaps of faith we never thought we could. Have you noticed that when you feel like you know God is with you, that you have more courage and bravery than you ever thought you had? I think of John Wayne says, you know, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. And you know, and, and the Holy Spirit gives us a righteous courage. That the things that we thought we could never do, because I thought I was never going to be a preacher because I don't like talking in front of people. You know, but God can use anything. He used Balaam's donkey. He used all kinds of characters in the Bible. That God's Spirit, you know, resides in everything. And let us be receptive. Let us receive. Let us yield to that work that God is doing. And let us be in preparation of what He can do and is going to do in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our world this morning. Amen.